Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay. And Brad. Wait. Wait. I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm an uh, act. All right. Love the little ding. Signature. Show how professional we are. Yeah. Well, it's more like 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 you start a fight. Like, bing. Oh, that's right. Bell. Ding, ding. Yeah, you're yeah, in yeah. the ring. Yeah, you're in the ring now. It's the gauntlet. Well, we took a little break. Yep. But we well, did do some recordings. We it did. haven't been uploaded yet. I, well, before we get into that... The last few episodes were uh, your wife. Yeah. The other half, the better half. Better half for sure. Better half, better. More sane, definitely calmer, definitely uh, more positive. Like I'm positive energy sometimes. She's almost ninety nine point nine. You're you're just you're just more on the extremes. Yes. So you're yeah. like so I'm either one way or more positive or way more on the she other just side. Kind of she's like just more in the middle range. Yeah, yeah. Like when she's off, it's just more quiet. But she's still happy and doesn't what, think the world's fine. Did you eventually listen to both? Not the whole thing, but I okay. listened to most of it. I mean, I've listened to most of it, but I, I've gotten amazing reviews from everyone. I sent it to like everyone at work and a bunch of people in recovery. And what's it like hearing her? Because you've heard, but like, yeah, what's it like listening to her talk we've, about you? We've had so many. Um, probably early in recovery had been trigger like triggering. I hate to use that word, but it would have been like, oh, that's just like it's a bummer. Like some of the stuff that we've. What was one thing that you heard that maybe you didn't know before from your pre-conversation? Was no, there that, anything? That, that's what I was getting at is like before that would have been a lot, but where we are in our relationship, which I talked about and I know she talked about, we've had so many open, like more open than we've ever been. And so that's why it wasn't too, it wasn't too bad. Like it was, it was cool. It was just cool to listen to. I just, you know, work right now for the first time in my adult life is more busy than it's ever been. I feel like yeah. consistently. I didn't like even I, see you for a week. Yeah. Like I like set. Like I wanted to listen to it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then every, from the minute I wake up till the minute I go to bed, it's like nonstop phone calls. And so I've had it on my dock. I can't finish anything right now. Yeah. So, but, but I love it. And I, the reviews, like I didn't even know there's some, some people at work that listened to it that were pretty stoked about it and, and who are going through personal stuff too with their families and, and, you know, life's challenging and hard. And they're like, dude, that really helped. And other people send it to other people and other couples that they know and, Lexi's just got such a unique way. Her, her, just like mine or anyone else's, like the growth is, I mean, it's been a decade now, but where she's at is at a whole nother level. I'd say both of you, I mean, it's so commendable to both be that open. Yeah. It was almost like couples therapy, but for the public to see. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how our, rec- like, yeah, I was telling someone that the other day. I'm like, we did our 12 steps. So, I, you know, I started the meeting for at work, you know, mm-hmm. a 12 step meeting, you know, using the church's manual, the ARP manual. And I, when we covered weeks, uh, uh, step 12, that's what I talked about. It was just like, hey, this is um, the, um, the ultimate service, I think, or when you get to that higher level of your recovery or when you've done the steps and you've been kind of emancipated from your shame and your past. Think about that word emancipated. So you're like released from that. The ultimate step is to break anonymity and to go out there and to, and to share with other people like willingly, which is. Not easy to do in the beginning, but once again, just trust the process. Don't do it when you're not ready, but when it just felt natural and it's always felt natural. And we, every time we do it, like when, when she left recording with you, like I didn't even know because I was just busy once again with work. And then she's like, oh yeah, we were going to record. I'm like, oh, rad. Um, whenever we're done and when we were done the last time, the last two times, even when I was sick, when we went up to LA, like yeah. we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah. But, but like every time I'm done and we're done, I'm like, I, t- I told you this. I'm like, this is what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. And that's a, I feel that at work too. I feel that in certain places of my life, but it's such a, it's such a great feeling of peace in a chaotic world. If that makes sense to know you're like, okay, there's something bigger here. And even though we may not see the fruits of it um, immediately, 
when you have people reach out or even just when we're done. It, it's what's cool is it's actually before people even comment. It's when we're just done in here. When we're, we're done, like, we're like, that's pretty good. That was like a that was like, good yeah. use of time. It's yeah. Like so much of our time is filled uh, is is filled with selfish things or like, you know, work tasks or whatever. So, so to be able to do something just because like no one's asking us, kind of like the 12 step meetings, like starting them. Yeah. Anyways. So I love it. That's what's uh, that's what inspiring for the 12 steps is that 12 step and going out and and uh, helping. people. Yeah. So. And, and here Lexi like share. Once again, I can't commend her enough. Like she's amazing and she's grown more than than most will ever probably grow in a life. Like I've just seen her from day one. We were both so young. I mean, we got married at normal in LDS culture, but still like 24 and 25. Now I have 24 and five year olds working for me. I'm like, don't get married. Like I'm thinking in my head, like these people can barely like function on an eight hour schedule, let alone get married and have kids. We got pregnant right away. Like a life happened. I went into college, like all that stuff. And but, but you, you wouldn't be where you are now without all that. To- no, a hundred percent. It's so stoked that it happened because yeah. Where she's at today is is amazing. It's pretty amazing. It's just amazing to watch. Well, that was awesome. Yeah, we had great reviews. So if you do us a favor, most of we've started doing these on YouTube. We have some camera equipment here. We've got a great producer working on it. But most all of our listeners are still on audio. So if you could do us a favor, like go check it out. We'll go there and then uh, this sounds so cheesy, but like you have to like and you have to subscribe yeah. and they like comments yeah. because then it can share it with other people. So you can help other people get the message by doing that. Yeah. So it's cool to send messages to people separately, but like also go on there and, and like it. Yes. And, and, and so even if you review. don't watch the video, get on there, like, subscribe. On YouTube. Because if, if we get, I think it's a thousand, whatever, then YouTube can start dropping us some money to help pay for some of his equipment. We're not yeah. trying to get rich on that or even trying to make money, but no, like that'd be we're doing, we're, do, we're doing well with solar. Um, but yeah, so last week we, uh, no, it was two weeks ago, two, whatever. Like you've got a clean bill of health, right? Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I had so, that articulated. That was, yeah. So the last few recordings, uh, it was, it was a time bomb ticking, whether you're going to like push pause and run to the bathroom. Yeah, it was pretty intense. So in December <laughs> I woke up right, right before Christmas, I woke up in the middle of the night, 3 AM. We had our favorite sushi and, uh, place here in Laguna Hills. And, and I woke up at 3 a.m. thought my appendix had bursted because I had so much pain in my lower abdomen. And I've had friends have that surgery. And that's the only thing I could think of that or Lexi finally decided stab to put you. me in with my, yeah, stab me or shot me. I just didn't hear the fire. I, like, it was excruciating. I managed to fall back asleep somehow, but only slept another hour or two and then was sweating and had chills. And it was just like, oh, something serious. Drove myself to the hospital and, uh, yeah, I mean, they put me right on like pain, like it had to give me an IV. I, I could barely stand and walk and driving myself was probably not safe. Um, and and uh, got there and, and they, th- they thought same thing. You probably have a peninitis. We're probably going to have to, we have to get you in a CT scan and then, and then we'll do surgery right away because if that fluid leaks in you, it's pretty bad. So they pulled me in there, bring me back. The pain met. It's, oh, so I want to talk about this. So they gave me fentanyl. I've never actually had fentanyl. Ever. At that's least that that's I know like of. all over the news. This is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's not car fentanyl and it's like not produced in China, but it is fentanyl. And uh, they gave me an IV of it. And here's here's my like take on that. I was in excruciating pain and usually painkiller, even in an IV doesn't. Is it normal? Is that a normal? Because like, don't they usually do opiates? Is fentanyl an opiate? Yeah, it's, it's a, a synthetic, synthetic opiate. Synthetic right? opiate. Okay. So, so this is a so, newer thing they're so doing? So now I'm tr- I kind of understand the psychology of it, I guess, of what I'm trying to say is they gave it to me in an IV because they were giving me fluids right away. And, um, took the pain away. It was, it was the craziest thing. I mean, I've had an IV of painkillers before an opiates or like a hydrocodone or, or even whatever they give you in the IV. I felt that before this one was just straight up. 
Like I went from like in fetal position in the hospital bed. They couldn't even touch me to do the serve, like to try to figure out what was going on. I'm like, you got to stop. Like this is excruciating. I was grunting and they gave it to me and it was just boom, instantly. One second. It, it was the quickest relief I've ever felt, even from oxys and all these other things in an IV. This was straight up like instantaneously. But here's what I noticed. It was instant relief. I'm like, oh, this is great. Then they can do the exam, right? They can, they can like push on my stomach and do what they need to do. He left and within five minutes it was worn off, hmm. which, which would play to the like why it's so addicting because – the, the pain came right back. so great. The relief. Within the, yeah, the relief. Fleeting. Yeah, and especially when you have real pain, the, it was instant. It was like up and within 10 minutes gone. Mm. And so when they finally, you know, I'm pressing the button, like you need to get back in here because any minute I'm going to start shaking again. I had like these fever chills. And when they finally came back in like an hour later, of course, the pain was excruciating again. They, this time I said, I don't want that. Just give me like hydroco, like something mellower. Like, and they're like, yeah, it'll, it'll take a little bit longer to, to, to go into effect, but it'll last longer. And sure enough, they gave me a less strong pain reliever, right? Like a hydrocodone or whatever, like a Vicodin, but in the IV. And it was more gradual. So it took maybe 30 minutes to kick in, but it lasted the whole rest of the day. Mm. You know what I mean? And obviously I'm like sober. So that's why it lasted back in the day that wouldn't have done anything, you know, wouldn't have lasted very long. But the contrast difference, no wonder one can be because it was you know why euphoria it gets instantly. So you get you understand the abuse of chasing. Yeah, because that as one soon day. as it relieves, yeah, as soon as it goes back down, you're like you instantly. If you're taking it for emotional pain, it would do the same thing. It would, it would you feel euphoria, and then it would take you right back down to reality. Well, that's what you read stories of when when people hear of overdoses. Yeah, it actually they say sometimes that's what people drive. They I want what that guy had. Yeah. I just won't take as much. Yeah, because that means it was good. Yeah, it's a sick thing the way you're like we see someone like fall over from an OD that like, if you're a true addict, like most people are like, oh, I want that mm. scary. But, but that's only because like the way this, like the way it works, the medicine, relieved. well, yeah, that, that, and the medicine stop work, like the effect mm. goes away. Like, okay. you know, you're just chasing, you're chasing that and it, and it wears off, you get a tolerance to it. And so you need stronger and stronger and stronger amounts. Like I just had a guy call, call me and we talked about, you know, his recovery and he's just new to recovery and he's been on opiates for a couple of years now for legit back pain and, and things like that. But um, when he told me the amount he was taking and that was a big deal to him and he felt like really shameful for abusing him, I'm like, dude, that was, that's like not even a fifth of what I was taking, which is, you know, not, it's, it's just all relative, right? it's all relative, like, you know, good for him. I mean, I'm glad, but, um, anyways, I thought that was interesting. So, so anyways, found out I had diverticulitis. I had an infection in my intestines and colon, it was swelling up. And so they had to put it actually a worse situation because it lasted three months, antibiotics, four different rounds, IVs, pills, like it was horrible. And then uh, had to get a colonoscopy and I finally got a clean bill of health. But they were worried I had Crohn's disease. It was, it was weird for so, them for So minute. midway through that, we got invited to go up to uh, the recording studio of Midnight Mormons. Yeah. And uh, it was like a two-hour drive through <sighs> the heart of L.A. All the way to North L.A. Yeah, that's a long, long And how many times did we stop for the uh, bathroom? Dude. So I had to, t- so twice, right? the, the one time we, yeah, at least twice. Uh, so when we finally yes, went twice. to go do that recording, it was, I had just oh. started my protocol before oh, the, right. you're supposed to get colonoscopy the next yeah, day. So the first 24 hours, you're just taking laxatives. Yeah. And I didn't start drinking this stuff yet till that night. So I'm like, Hey, I'm down to do it, but there's a chance that we might yeah. have pressed pause like 15 times. And I'm like, I didn't think it would work because I had not been eating very much. I lost like 30 pounds. I, mean, I lost quite a bit of weight real quick and didn't have a lot in me. So I didn't think it would do much. But sure, like right when you picked me up, right before that, within that hour, it was it was go time. It was, I was glad you're there. It went well. But it went well. So we'll uh, we'll share that out when it comes out. I hope it sounds good because I was actually thinking before I came here, I was not in the state of mind. I was just so much 
nerves with the colonoscopy, what was going to happen. And I'll take it as good because uh, sometimes the guests get interrupted quite a bit on that show. And it, I felt like we, we just let we us did. talk and share our story yeah. and yeah. our history and what stuff like about. that. So yeah, that was, was pretty, pretty cool. cool. And then we talked like an hour after recording. Yeah. They just asked us them. more questions. We're like, we got to bounce. Like we got a long drive home. <laughs> yeah. Like two hour drive. Um, but that, that reminds cool. me. Those so guys are the, super cool. The topic was praying. So uh, they're irreverent defenders of the faith, I would say. Yeah. Um, have affected. A, a irreverent apologist. Yeah. A little, little more irreverent than uh, the, the white shirt and tie style. Mm-hmm. But um, there, there seems to me when you're seeking recovery or you're in that phase, like you're very vulnerable. And uh, we talked about how like anti-Mormons tend to prey on that yeah. vulnerability um, yeah. as opposed to trying to shore them up. But th- this topic of p- praying on when you're weak uh, was on my mind. And then I saw this video on, I think it was on Facebook ad. So let's watch this and then let's listen to it. And let's get your real-time reaction. Okay. Tell me if you've seen this before. Is it going to come on the TV? No. Okay. But the audience will see it. Okay. The, the dude, the last one, bragging about how hot he is and how rad his wife was or something like that. Bluetooth on? Yeah. While we were looking for that, those guys, those guys were super cool up there at Midnight Mormon. Like you had showed me their, their stuff a year before that and watched a lot of it. it was, it's, they're pretty cool guys. For like just normal dudes, just like us, just super into the faith. Like they're young. Ex- well, some like there's some young ones and probably ones, around like, my age, right? They know their stuff. Like in their late thirties, maybe early forties, mid forties. They were at Quaku's like twenties. Oh, he's really young. Okay. Yeah. Are they all that young? <sighs> the other one had Quaku's kids. like early twenties because he's like super passionate. Yeah, and then uh, the other Brad is probably late 20s and then the other guy we watched him have a debate with yeah the one before was wild beard talk for a minute on camera here yeah let's put the camera on jay i'm gonna go see if we can fix this yeah yeah no it was it was a it was a cool experience going up there and 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 meet with those guys it was it's definitely a rough uh last few months with the diverticulitis and having the health problems and having to take the painkillers on and off for my stomach for those couple weeks but it's nice to finally get that uh oh here we go people don't follow my video Look, I'm not going to beat around the bush. People don't follow my videos because I'm cool. They don't follow me because I got a beautiful wife. They don't follow me because I got a great life. They follow me and they click on my things because they have a problem in their life that they just don't know how to solve. What is that problem? The problem is drinking too much. So if that sounds like you, if you're that man that is actually clicking on here because you want to solve this drinking problem, then I put something together for you. It's a short video. It's free. Look. A lot of people say, oh, this should free. be free. So I put together something right now that can help you get relief. It can help you get to the bottom of this. It'll show you where to start. Sure, it's not the end all be all, but it's going to be a starting point. For- you seen that guy before? Yeah. I, I, even know his name. I clicked him on Instagram. You yeah, did? he popped up on my thing when I had posted some stuff about addiction. He has like good looking guy, yeah. all buffed out. Alpha, alpha looking man. Fully alpha out. Alpha, yeah. Not a beta. Um, so it caught my eye. Yeah. I, I watched. Yeah, because he's like got a backwards hat. He's got the, you know, he looks the it's part. It's like you right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Same, same, similar. Got the beard, the whole thing. Wait, are you sure it's not you? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, you're yeah. good looking. You got a hot wife. I love like, the subtle, like, brag. Like, 
They don't follow me because I'm all these things. I'm not saying I'm those things, but that's why, I mean, I am those things, but that's what I took it as. But I mean, listen, that, that's like shock, right? Because usually when you see addiction, you see like this cheesy video of like, oh, right. Tommy was this like way. Real now talk. Tommy, yeah, yeah, like real talk. It, it appeals to that AA when you go to like an outside of the church meeting, an AA meeting, which I've been going to a bunch lately. And 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 I went through a few over the, over the holidays, but uh, the guys are looking, they're very similar to that guy. Okay. They look pretty rough. Yeah, I mean, they've been, you know, it's rough stuff out there. So I dove in a little bit. I'm like, hey, this is interesting. And what'd you find out? I found out that he like, said it's free. Well, that video to watch is free. And okay. then they try to get, he, he gets a sign up for a program. But my gist, so like I could be wrong. Program? I, my gist is it's like you join a Facebook group, you pay five grand, and you get to be access to this private Facebook group. Okay. And, and they teach you how to drink in moderation. And, and from my Whoa. experience with you is like, well, if you're got, if you're really out of control with your alcohol, if you're a true alcoholic, if you're a true alcoholic, it even says that in the big isn't book. It, isn't it appealing though to go, that's, oh, dude, I, cause I remember you saying, I just have a quantity problem. I don't have a, well, yeah, that's, that's the, that's the crux of every addict or alcoholic is, is in their mind. They want to be able to drink like a gentleman. They want to be able to use the pills as prescribed. They want to be able to just take, you know, whether it's pot hit at night and go to bed, like, you know what I mean? But like, or, or even, you know, with the pornography users, probably the same thing. Like, I just want to use it when I, when I, when I get that urge or this, that, and the other, but it ends up just, you can't. So that's what, that's what seemed predatory to me is like, oh, they're like, that's what I want. I want to be able to drink. I'm out of control, but I want to be able to control and drink like a gentleman. Oh, this guy's going to show me how to do it. I'm going to show my wife that I'm doing it. Drop five grand. And then I, I don't know how accurate these other things are, but like some of the reviews wow. of it were like, it's probably all just video chat. And like, well, if you review it, you see a bunch of like affiliate links, like dudes that are in the program trying to get you to sign up, like, Hey, I'll review it. Oh, like and they click oils. The, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So if anyone has interest on this like a pyramid, I don't know. It's uh, pretty new, okay. but it, it, it's smart. There's what, a, that's a huge need. So it, it, the demand is there business wise. It seemed brilliant. Yeah. But that's, that's crazy. But, sad but like you just you, said, like if you were an alcoholic to, to, to be told something that's, I mean, if you're just, what's the one thing that every alcohol, like the trouble, like I, I have a buddy that I work with, right. Who's been in and out of the program for the last six, seven years, going through a divorce right now. And he's in a good headspace, right. He's been going to meetings and being consistent back at ARP and going to a meetings almost every day. He's, he's got a new sponsor, Xander. So who's been on the podcast before, hopefully we'll get him on the video version now. Yeah. Um, but uh, he was challenging him to go to 90 meetings in 90 days, and I've seen the big difference. And the other day, he put it on a text thread that I have for guys at work and girls at work that are in recovery that I've created. And um, he wrote in there something about his friend, about how, I, um, how he's jealous of his, some other buddy who's not a member of the church that can drink and smoke weed and still have a mortgage and have a job and hold his life together. And he's like, I just, I long to have that. And I wrote, I just went so hard and I found myself going so hard. And I, afterwards I, I apologized, but it actually was, it's like, nah, that's what I need to hear. But it was such the addict brain of wanting, like wanting to drink like a gentleman. Like I don't look, even if I could now, but this took time when I was younger, I would always say like, ah, if I could drink casually, that would, I probably would. Or if I could use pills, like I would probably would, and then put them away because they can enhance light, all this stuff. But now in recovery, 10 years later, Anyone I see doing that, it's not that they're alcoholics or addicts, like if someone has a casual drink, but I'm like, what are you trying to escape from? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't look at that and long for that anymore. To me, some, the guy who comes home and drinks every night, even though he can still get up at 6 a.m. and go to his job, he's, he's missing a huge chunk of his life, right? Of his kid's life, of his family's life, because when you get inebriated, even to the slightest degree, you don't have consciousness at the same level. Mm -hmm. And so... 
now I find myself in a decade, I'm like trying to do things to enhance consciousness. And like I get NAV drips, I get IV drips. Like I'm trying to stem cells, whatever I can to actually be awake more and be like, and when I say awake more, but like just the maximize health, the opposite of drinking poison every day. Like, can you imagine just sipping on some poison? Isn't that the uh, whole, I mean, I'm the normie, right? So he's pretty predatorial by, well, I thought he was predatorial because it's like, that seems that so he appealing. Knows, yeah, yeah. If he's done any research or have any friends of the program, that's the one thing they all want. Yeah, so that's, you're my, selling that's what, what I was getting want. at by you're, saying you're my buddy. You're selling them something yeah. that they want, but it's yeah. not a real thing, it totally. seems like. Yeah. So, not if you're a true alcoholic. No way. It even says in the big book, like, normal people, or it says in the Joe, Joe and Charlie tapes that I listened to, it's a great, like, thing on AA and history of AA. It says, normal people don't consider how, they don't count how many drinks they had. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how many did I have? Like, should I have another one or should I not? Like, normal people, when they take a sip they and they feel themselves getting inebriated, they put it down. And they're like, okay, I need to, like, cool. Alcoholics can't do that. It just, there's a phenomenon that happens in the brain. The craving happens. Delayed effect usually happens. And same thing with, like, pills is the same thing. So, good. That brings on to here. So, like, the, the, the proponents of his program on the thoughts were, like, who always bash on AA and 12 yeah. steps yeah. is like, dude, I don't want to go to some church and tell me how, how much of a horrible person a lot of my friends addict. I grew up with. That's like, how they are. And you mentioned this, this, uh, emancipated from shame. You don't feel ashamed by that. So when Not you say you're an alcoholic or you're an addict, yeah. you feel shame in that. No, no. So I think that's what, that's what I come to learn is like when people say that they're not, yeah. they're not giving themselves an excuse to be an idiot. Yeah. They're not, it's, it's they're a not, way of they're being not accountable at a bigger scale. Like, yeah, macro that, scale. That's what I've learned. So, but but there's a, what is it? You've had these people that are like they're not willing to admit that. Yeah, where's that? That's where's how the, I know where, when where's I. Where's the difference from you where you're at and where someone else who's saying, dude, I don't want to have that label on me. Yeah, I don't want. Yeah, just go know, to church. Why, I'm just going to get back into the church and the scriptures. Or I, I just don't want that sh- eternal shame of having that label on me. Where you don't, I don't feel that or get a sense of you have shame on it. You're just like this is. I've used this to empower me. Well, it, it all comes back from, well, it's a great question. It all comes back from hitting, whether you've hit rock bottom or not. If you've hit rock bottom and your life is truly unmanaged and become to the point, and, and once again, there is no one rock bottom. Everyone chooses it. And the way that it was put, and we were talking to someone, I was actually talking to someone today about this, like some people have to do more research, right, for themselves. They have to dig a little deeper, right, to find the bottom. And when we find the bottom, we actually just put down the shovel and we start going up and set it down. But um, you choose it. And, and, but it is, so I do believe you choose it, but it is also a gift. Like there's a moment of clarity. There, there's divine intervention for sure. Because most of us that found, that took where we were at and that we said, this is my bottom. I'm not going any deeper. I'm putting the shovel down and I'm going to start going that way as hard as even if the light was just so dim at the top that I'm probably not going to even get there. But I'm going that direction. But yeah, so just there is a divine intervention that for sure happens because most of us, when we had that moment of clarity, we call it, we were still inebriated or we were still on something or our life was so chaotic that there was pure fear and anxiety, but we had this like glimmer of hope that comes in. But it, it, and we just talked about this in the meeting last week on Wednesday night, but in the ARP meeting was that it only came after step one. Right. Like fully admitting that you're like, so step one is getting honest a hundred percent. So the people that when they come to us, if they're like someone, the wife calls you or the parents or whatever, and they're like, Hey, my son or my brother, or my friend, right. Or my husband or my wife or whatever needs help. And I'll, I'll talk to them or an alcoholic who in recovery, will talk to them. 
we know right away who's actually ready and who's not just by, are they willing to go to a meeting? Cause that's usually the first thing that comes up is like, no, I'm like, just like you said, like, I'm not going to the meeting. Hey, so like, what's the first thing if I call and I'm like, dude, Hey, uh, Hey, my, yeah, wife, my, wife, my wife told me to call you. I've, yeah. I've, had some, I've been, I've been dealing with this what, for a while, but I have like something? a, I, yeah, I have like a, I have a near injury. And so this is how I've been taking this. It's like, cool. Listen, we all have, I don't really care how you got here. Clearly your life's not going the way you or your spouse, or your loved ones want. Otherwise you wouldn't be talking to me. Right. For the most part. And, uh, I just, let's go to the solution. Here's what you need to do. Are you willing to do this? If you're willing to do this and that, and, and what, this, what is this and that? Are you willing to go to a meeting? Yeah. Okay. So how usually far, how far away? Is yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, mine, mine's a local that? one. It's on zoom or it's just, I'm like, cool. Go to a.com. Right. And I don't care, you know, go to NA. I don't care if it's, it, listen, if you don't have a church one, you need to get to some meeting, a 12 step meeting. Are you willing to go to 90 meetings in 90 days? Are you willing? What? Think about it. That's a big commitment. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, and uh, they got every excuse in the world. When you're ready, you'll do whatever it takes. When you're not ready, one meeting a week sounds just like treacherous because you're not ready. Even like I talk about this a lot. When I went to my first meeting, it was just to manipulate Lexi and come back. I actually didn't believe I had a problem. And it took weeks of going for me to finally get, and even then, and then Lexi came back. We talked about this before, but um, once she came back, we were back together. We we're living in Whittier in LA. She, she's like, well, I want to go to that meeting again. And I was like, oh, I didn't really want to go. You know, I'm like, man. I'm, I you thought you'd fixed everything. Yeah, I fixed it. And I'm like, well, we're good now. Like we're back. And luckily she once again pulled me to go. And then once we realized after going weeks after weeks after weeks and months and months, it was like, it's the only reason why I have a life today. Like, like a true, everything in my life is because of that foundation of committing to a group, getting honest with the group, and then doing whatever the group tells me to do. That's not, like, I mean, in the beginning, you literally, it's not about your desire to get sober. It's about your willingness to take direction. So that's the one thing that sets people apart, going back to the question, is are you willing to do whatever it takes or not? Or you, you know, you, whatever you're doing is not working. So clearly. the critics of 12 steps are like, dude, I don't want to have that label. And like, I yeah. Want these and dudes to tell me what to do. Some of the stuff is like warranted. Like some of the stuff I get, like um, if you go deep into psychology and identity and like tying to, to your problems, like obviously there is some, some psychological so, so, stuff well, there. Because I think the crit critique is if you're still an, an a-hole to people, yeah. but you use, oh, but I'm an alcoholic as an excuse, that's not what recovery yeah, pe is. Some people look at it as like, oh, I'm going to go there. What are we just like bending our pro? It's a, either well, a bitch. Well, there's that. I think the critics of it are like, but that's my, my, my cousin says he's an alcoholic. Yeah, they know someone. But he's still but he, a piece of ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a pain in the butt. Yeah. But, I mean, he's sober now, but I don't want to be like that guy. So once yeah. again, there's all this pre-notions of what it will or won't be. Mm -hmm. But once again... If you've been, if God, your family, relatives, whatever, the universe, whatever you believe in, finally put someone in your life that is in recovery Can and I has paid this dude five grand and he'll fix me. Yeah. I wish it was that easy. Cause that would actually be an easier than committing to go to a 12 step program and commit, like sharing your, like sharing what we do now, but like in a group in the beginning is hard. This is easy now. Like, this is just like talking, but in the beginning, man, I was a closed door. And the reason why I was. I didn't love myself. Like, you know what I mean? Like going back to like, so like there's so much shame from all the things you've done wrong in your life, um, which is crazy because I still make mistakes now. But because of the 12 step program, I've found this like, I'm okay. Like this is, this is why I'm here. This is why we're here. This is why the temple video has what it has. This is why the scripture has. It's why the narrative of, of almost every religion has why we're here. Like it's almost very similar. Mm -hmm. Everything's here to like learn and grow. Right. So they release that shame. But in the beginning, when you've done some heavy stuff, like the last thing you want to do is say out loud, that A, you're weak 
because that's what you perceive it as is I'm weak, I'm broken. The rest of the world isn't right. So once again, you've separated your egos involved again. I'm, I'm less than I'm terminally unique. And then by the way, like here's everything I've done wrong. You know, like no one wants to do that. That's not a, that's not a comfortable thing in the beginning. Is, have you found it easier to go to a meeting where you like know people or go to where like you're a stranger? Mm. Is it just, yeah, most people would never want to step foot in a place where they think they, they're going to run into someone. Okay. But, th- but once again, I mean, now but, that we're mad, it's easy. Like, for, yeah, but so that, but the, how to overcome that excuse maybe is like, as you said, you go to a.com, na.com, sa.com, ARP.LDS. To me, it just, you can go, yeah. you can drive 30 minutes if you really want to and go where no one knows and, where you are. You yeah. Have and complete hundred percent. You could totally do it. You could drive, you could drive five hours away and odds are you seeing someone, right. Or are, are probably slim. But the cool thing is what the, it's all about your perspective. Cause what it should do is when you see another person in these meetings that you've you recognized, know, yeah. sometimes they're famous people. If you go to some of the AA meetings here in Laguna Beach, you will see famous surfers, famous can, actors. Can, Canyon Club, right? Laguna Canyon Road. Oh, my, like, like, you're yeah, gonna see, like, you're going to see some Iron Man there. might be there. You never know who will be there, right? Like some famous rappers. Like, you, you never know who will be there, which is pretty amazing. And if you're ready, you'll see that as like, oh, if they can do it, I can do it. I don't have to have so much shame. Like in the church, especially when more people would come in. Well, you I, mentioned going there and you saw like bishops, former bishops yeah, or like yeah. people who you looked up to spiritually. Business owners, doctors, like all these people like, or yeah, or even just people, kids that were in the singles ward now that are married, moved on. I thought they were perfect. Back when I was using and struggling, they seemed perfect. And now they're showing up with the porn addiction or showing up with this addiction. And what it does is like, oh yeah, <laughs> see dude, like, the, Satan, whatever, like my, my shame, my pain, whatever it is, my pain bodies, whatever you want to call it, or have told me that I'm unique and terminally unique, but I am just a person and this person is just a person and they found a solution that doesn't work and is terminal. It can be terminal if you don't correct it, but they're choosing to surrender. Anyway, if anything, in the beginning, that's how you think is like, oh, I don't want to see anyone. But then after a while, it should actually relieve the, the shame. It should help. And that's why I've been so big and about being open when you like challenge me to do it all the time in the beginning and 10 years ago, eight years ago now is because it's like, yeah, if someone would have shared, I really do feel this way. Like I could have bypassed a ton of pain and like a ton of things. And, and, uh, if, if I would have had this handed to me when I joined the church and I already had, it's, I still would have been a good person because I already had a trial throughout my life from 19 and under to go out there and experiment more and do more research for another eight years was rough. I mean, that was it's not fun. I could have died. I should have died many times. I mean, I don't look at that as uh, it was definitely, I was, I was lucky. I don't look at it much more than that, but, but uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I wish this was handed to me in the beginning. And so that's why I'm so open about it. And I think most people, when they finally get real recovery and have, they have that aha moment, they talks about a spiritual awakening or, mm-hmm. or you've done the steps completely and you've kind of been emancipated from that shame. Most people start to do this. They start to like, maybe not at this scale, but they're going to start talking to people. They'll share it at work. Yeah, They'll show it with people. You don't have to break anonymity. Yeah, if you don't want to. You don't have to. It is what it but, is. But uh, but I do think it's natural. I'll, I'll close this one with, uh, you know who John Wayne Freeman is? Yeah. And you know who Steve-O is? Yeah. Do you know who Sterling Spencer is? Yes, I do. Okay. The curly hair with the glasses, the funny <laughs> yeah. guy. So Short, John, dude, you haven't been watching the podcast, but John Wayne Freeman drove to Florida. I, to I, I saw some clips from it, but I haven't seen the whole thing. But, uh, and Freeman talks, these are like surf comedians and everyone probably knows who Steve-O is, who's yeah. a raging drug addict, alcoholic. So cool. But, to be, it's but, like cool to be sober. And your, wife, the same your wife and my wife is not a fan of John Wayne Freeman. Yeah. But I just I think, think he's silly. I think he's We crazy. love him. All men, all guys love him. <laughs> but he's just a comedian, right? Yeah, he's just being funny. Actually, he's funny because, I'll, speaking of comedy, Sterling Spencer got like, like pro surfers, like got mad at him. Really? Because he, he because, tells stories he that are fake. Because he makes fun of him. 
Well, the, now it's like all fake yeah. stories, but he like makes fun of him. And he's like, look, people don't understand comedy. He's like, I, I make fun of the people I like. Yeah. My best friends, I tease because they're my best friends. Yeah. He's like, I look up to Kelly Slater, so I tease him. All the time. Like, because I think he's like the goat. Yeah. Um, oh, they got mad at him. I yeah. So like, he's I got to like, hear that podcast. Got, yeah, it's pretty funny. But anyways, John Wayne Freeman. He got sober, right? Yes, because he says he picked up, he was doing something for Surfer Magazine whenever he picked up Steve-O. And it wasn't known that he had like a problem. No, he picked up Steve-O in his car and they were going to record in the car like uh-huh. one of those shows. Oh yeah, the van. No, it was like his Merc Mobile. Oh, he, oh he was going to do a recording with him. Yeah, yeah. Not Steve-O's show in the van. Correct. Or the Steve-O was going on his thing. Okay. And then sits down because they were talking about, because Steve was a big, he loves surfing. He was yeah. a skater, but he's like yeah. really getting adult learning surfing. And he, first thing he asked him was like, hey, how's your, how's your uh, sobriety going? First time he met him. And then he's like, Freeman, he's like, he just broke down. He's like, for an hour of our drive, we didn't talk anything about surf. We talked about recover, like sobriety. And wow. Steve-O got me sober. Wow. And he just spent an hour of his time. He's like, this guy is super busy. Like, he just wanted to talk through and talk about tools of sobriety. Yeah. And he's like, he's the one that got me on the path. And then he talked about all the stuff he missed with his wife and his kids yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, so like, even though he wouldn't have, a, he wasn't like, sounds like he was functional, like had a job, had a wife, had a house, yeah. had a mortgage. Yeah. He'd already been like, you know, kind Instagram of, famous on the yeah, comedy stuff. Yeah, big in surfing to but, a degree, yeah. But, but Steve-O somehow saw well, something. That's what, when you up. were sh- sharing that, that's why I was thinking it's, it's so important and I, I like, I, it's hard now in my phase of life with just the, how busy life is. But like, even when you say that, I'm like how, I think about all the dudes that came into my life and even some of these AA guys that I'm starting to get to know that are surfers at our local break and been playing cards, like kind of hanging out with them, you know, more. Even though we're going and playing cards, th- there's one guy specifically that like challenged me all the time. So it's like, hey dude, how's your recovery? Hey, in the meeting that you're doing, does anyone else have time or are you the only one with time? It's not, it's good that you do that. It's good service, but you need to be going to meetings where people have more time than you so they can call you out and you're, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wow. And uh, at that's first good. it was like, you know, and tag, I felt that way, but that's ego. And I'm like, oh no, he's like, cares. That's a good thing. Like right. if I really love someone, that's what I would do too. And you remember me doing that all the time to people. Mm-hmm. And so how, what I was getting at, it's so important for us in life in general. And that's why once again, we're so lucky those of us that are addicts that like found our life in, in a complete shambles because then we find the program, then we find true people that come into our lives that are like, there's nothing to gain. There's, n- if anything, well, it's, it's a lot more work if you're like, oh, oh my now gosh. I got to spend a lot of time. Yeah, with this like person these people are willing to dump. Yeah. dump everything and just come and help you at any time of day and night. That's kind of nice. People do call me sometimes. I'm like, hey, okay, here's what you're going to do. Yeah. You're going to call Jay. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I would go, but I would go the same thing. I'm like, all right, it's here's important to have things like that in your life. You I need guess to go to a saying. meeting and you're going to, you're going to share. Yeah. And you're going to ask, say you need a sponsor. Yeah. You're going to stay after. You're going to talk to find yeah, a sponsor. Don't, don't run off. And then you can call me after. And yeah, yeah. I'll and then let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. That's all, that's all I can That's do. how important it is. I, so I just talked to this guy that I hadn't talked to in, since for the singles ward days, me and Xander. And we just had a fo- phone call with him. And he's from over here originally. But, you know, struggling. And, and But once again, there's no shame. Like, I could feel the shame in the voice because that's what I, I know what that's like. But it's like, hey, dude, cool. That's why you're here? Cool. Awesome. Here's the, the cool thing is there's a 100% guaranteed solution. So unlike other terminal diseases that you don't pick, right? This one you kind of choose. So it's the irony there. But you, if you choose to surrender all the way, it's 100% curable in a sense of like you can live in remission of it. As far as curable, like I definitely wouldn't try to pick up a drink again and see, if, see how that works. But, but once again, because you get to, not because I'm scared of it or like anything, you get to a point where I don't look at the casual drinkers as someone that I'm jealous of anymore at all. Like I don't want that in church, my life. Some church members are. Of I used to be. 
Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, like, what am I missing out on? Dude, if and I you've, you've cured me of that. If I didn't have the extreme chaos for the majority of my life, then for sure I would do. And even when I'm in my not right mind, I do. Like, you know what I mean? But when I'm in, when Jason, like, like in the zone, that's the, I don't want to be inebriated from anything. Even, even though you may have pain or you may have this, you may have that, like we're supposed to feel feelings. And, and, and the cool thing about feelings, it's like the tide, they change all the time and it's consistent, meaning it changes. And so don't put too much weight in them. But some feelings, if they come back regularly, it means you need to correct something and that's a good thing. And it's important to have dudes like that in your life. Like Steve-O changed that guy's life all because Steve-O has no, broke his anonymity. Like imagine mm -hmm. if Steve-O was like, hey, I, I keep this on secret because I am famous. Mm -hmm. Think of the lives that haven't, wouldn't be changed. Right. And then even the ripple effect of the both these guys yeah, talking I mean. about it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like it's the drop. The, the, the lie is, and I've talked about this last time, is like where the phase I was in for the last couple of years is that my actions don't affect other people. Of course Satan wants to tell me that. Like if you look at it from a spiritual standpoint, because then... I, <laughs> Not only will it's a true principle, no matter what good, whether I choose good or bad, there's a ripple effect, right? If you drop a rock in a puddle of water, no matter what the ripple happens for the good or the better, right? Mm -hmm. Or for the worse, right? Yeah. And so, of course, the lie would be that my actions don't affect others because then I'll go around unconsciously making decisions, right? Subconscious decisions that do affect usually for the negative. When I'm being conscious and being, um, what's the word, like intentional about my like things and what I want to do. I go around doing better things. You know what I mean? I'm more charitable. I'm more nice to people. I say sorry more because I still have all these character defects. I still like am way bulldozing at the times with Lexi and friends and whatnot. And I have to go back and say, sorry, I, you know, sorry, I was just all hyper, you know, I just, but it's okay to like, just, you know, be that way and, and, and you recognize it. That's a good way to end. Let's end this one. We got some other ones we're going to throw down here shortly. So right. let's give, do we have an outro song there? Ab? Yeah. Don't call that guy. You don't need five grand. Just come to A. Hello, hello. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I hope that you're